Welcome, dear friend. I'm so glad you're here. This is Short Stories, a production of adventuresinaudio.net. I'm Robert Cramp. I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to recommend another podcast for you to take a listen to. It's named The Cabinet. Now, The Cabinet podcast focuses on telling video game urban legends, ghost stories, creepy pastas, and just plain weird history from gaming's past in a narrative format. The show is up to seven episodes, with new episodes releasing every two weeks on Wednesday. The seventh episode, The Fifth Ghost, tells a ghost story centered around Ms. Pac-Man. And I'm not into gaming that much and didn't quite follow some of the stuff he was talking about, but it spooked me just the same. It's a new podcast now, and it's uh, seventh episode at this point. The logo is pretty cool. It's a screen like a PlayStation or something with a skull <laughs> on the screen. Uh, and uh, the, web, the link, the, what, which we'll have on our website, but I'll read it to you. It's http colon forward slash forward slash the cabinet podcast dot libsyn, which is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com forward slash website. Libsyn is the host that uh, he uses to host his podcast. That's the same one I use, actually. And uh, the owner of the podcast is Tim Gibson. He does an outstanding job on this show. I think you'll like it. It's kind of spooky. And uh, it's a great take on this gaming stuff. Wow. I'll never touch a game. <laughs> I just, it, it's good. And uh, so I just wanted to let you let you know I haven't done that before, but that's a podcast just getting started, and he deserves uh, he deserves a listen and see what you think about it. Now, in our feature story, a man is looking in his mirror while putting on his tie one morning, only to notice that the reflection in the mirror is not him. Yeah. <laughs> What if you happen to do that some morning, huh? Well, what happens from here will forever change how you think of mirrors. It reminds me of a listener nightmare that was sent in by Eric back on May 27th of 2017 on the episode titled The Hour and the Man by Robert Barr. If your app doesn't go back that far, just go to adventuresinaudio.net and click on the link at the bottom of the page and scroll down to the episode titled The Hour and the Man. And Eric's dream is on that episode. And it's a scary one. He sees something very unnerving in the mirror in his dream. Uh, so check that out. And of course, I'm always looking for a good nightmare to read on the show. And you can send yours to myhorribledream at gmail.com. You know, one definition of nightmare is a terrifying dream in which the dreamer experiences feelings of helplessness, extreme anxiety, 
sorrow, etc. That coming from dictionary.com. Have you ever felt horror, despair, fright in a dream? Well, send it to me. Send it to myhorribledream at gmail.com and we'll read it on the air. And now for our feature story, The Diary of Philip Westerly by Paul Compton. It has been 10 years since my uncle Philip Westerly disappeared. Many theories have been advanced as to why and how he vanished so strangely and so completely. Many have wondered why a man should vanish and leave nothing behind him but a smashed mirror. But none of these theories or wild imaginings are half so fantastic as the story I gathered from the diary which some whim prompted him to keep. But first, a word about Philip Westerly. He was a wealthy man and also a cruel, selfish man. His wealth was attributed to this same cruelty and selfishness. He also had many whims. One of them was keeping a diary. Another was his love for mirrors. He was handsome in a cruel sort of way and almost effeminate in his liking to stand before them and admire himself. This eccentricity was borne out by the fact that covering one whole side of his room was a mirror of gigantic size, the same mirror that is linked with his disappearance. But read the excerpts from the diary of Philip Westerly. August 3rd afternoon. Billings asked for an extension on that note today, but I saw no reason why I should grant him any such thing. When I told him this, he began cursing me in a frightful manner. He said I was cruel and that some day I would be called to account for the way I treated people. I laughed outright at this, but at the same time, I felt a vague sense of uneasiness, which even yet, I have not dispelled. Night. A remarkable thing had happened. I had gone to my room to dress for dinner, and I was standing before the mirror tying my tie. I had begun the usual procedure that one follows. When I noticed that no such action was recorded in the mirror. True. There was my reflection in the glass, but it followed none of the movements that I made. It was immobile. I extended my hand to touch the reflection and encountered nothing but the polished surface of the mirror. Then I noticed a truly remarkable thing. The reflection in the mirror wore no tie. I stepped back, aghast. Was this an illusion? Has my mind and vision been affected by some malady that I was not aware of? Impossible. Then I regarded the reflection with a more careful scrutiny. There were a number of differences between it and myself. For one thing, it wore a stubby growth of beard on its face. I was positive that I had visited the barber that very day and passed my hand across my chin to verify this. It encountered nothing but smooth skin. 
The lips of the man in the mirror drooped in a display of gnarled yellow fangs, while my own bared nothing but two rows of gleaming, well-cared-for teeth. I was filled simultaneously with a feeling of disgust and fear, and looked for further discrepancies. I found them. The feet and hands were abnormally large, and the clothing of the thing was old, baggy, and covered with filth. I dared not stay longer. I tied the tie as best I could and descended hurriedly to dinner. August 4th. Morning. I awoke feeling jaded and tired. My friend in the mirror is still with me. Ordinarily, the reflection of myself in bed is caught in the mirror, but not so this morning. Instead, I saw that the dweller within had, like myself, been having a night's rest. I hope he slept better than I did, for my own night was a series of fitful, restless tossings. Good morning, I said, rising. When I moved, he moved. As I advanced toward the mirror, he drew closer to me. I stopped and surveyed him. He resembled me only remotely, I hope. I smiled, and he responded with a wolfish twist of his mouth. I extended my hand, as if I wanted to shake hands with him, but he drew back as if from fire. I can't understand the terror which he holds for me. I try not to show my fear in front of him, but I feel that, animal-like, he senses it. I refer to the reflection as he, him, or it, for I cannot bring myself to admit that the thing in the mirror is my reflection, but I scarcely dare write what I do believe it to be. I have always been skeptical about such things as soul. But when I look into the mirror, God help me, Night. I'm spending much time in my room now. I've spent most of the day here. This thing is beginning to hold a morbid fascination for me. I can't stay away for any length of time. I wish I could. My wife is beginning to worry about me. She says I look pale. She tells me I need a rest, a long rest. If I could only confide in her, in anyone but I can't. I must fight and wait this out alone. August 5th. There has been little or no change in our relationship. He still remains aloof. Today my wife came to my room to see how I was feeling. She stood in such a position that looking into the mirror was unavoidable. She stood before the mirror, arranging her hair. She noticed nothing out of the ordinary, but he was still there. Damn him! He was still there, and this time he snarled in triumph at me. One other remarkable thing. My wife hadn't seen the thing in the mirror, but neither had I seen her reflection. It was the same with Peter, my valet, and Anna, the maid. Anna would have dusted the mirror had I not stopped her. I must take no chances. A close scrutiny might reveal him to them. They must not know. They must not know. August 6th. Three days. Three days of hell. That's what it has been since I discovered that thing. How he tortures me. He has begun to mock me. 
When he thinks he has given an extraordinarily clever impersonation, he shakes with laughter. I can't hear him laugh, but I see him, and that's worse. I can't stand it much longer. August 7th. We never know how much we can stand until we go through some ordeal such as I am now undergoing. But I feel that my nerve is nearing the breaking point. I have locked the door of my room. Anna leaves me a tray outside my door. Sometimes I eat the food she brings, but more often I don't. My wife begs me to let her in, but I tell her to go away. I'm afraid to tell her. I'm afraid to tell anyone. I know what they do with people who have hallucinations. No, I can't tell. Neither can I leave. God knows why, but I can't. August 8th. It was the day before yesterday that I mentioned he was mocking me. Today I tremble at the thought. He is beginning to resemble me. This morning I looked in the mirror and discovered that he had discarded his rags and was now dressed in one of my suits. I ran to the wardrobe and discovered his clothes hanging where mine had been. I turned and faced him. He laughed and pointed towards my hands and feet. They were bloated beyond recognition. I dare not guess how far this change has gone. I can write no more today. August 9th. The change is complete. He looks more like me than I do myself. He has grown more cruel with the change. He taunts me with my ugliness. Finally, I could stand it no longer. I fled from the room. At last I found the thing I was looking for, a mirror. When I came face to face with what I now am, I nearly collapsed. Yes, he has taken my form. God pity me, I have taken his. I slunk back to my room in horror, back to his laughter and the hell that is now my existence. God knows what tomorrow will bring. August 10th. Seven days since that devil has been in the mirror. I have prayed to God that it may be the last. It will. I know it will. He in the mirror senses it too. I see the look of apprehension in his eyes. It's my turn to snarl in triumph now. For when I lay down this pen for the last time, perhaps I shall leap through the mirror and he exists only in the mirror. God help me. I am laying down my pen. You've been listening to the Diary of Philip Westerman. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with someone. Edgar Allan Poe once said, all that we see or see is but a dream within a dream. Pleasant dreams, my friend. And please take care. Thank you. Thank you.